Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Bull Patrol Jesus 911 Friday show. Jess Romero and, and Anita Romero. Romero. We are here. Uh, Prisca and Aquila. Yeah. We are Tobias here. Sarah, speaking the truth yes. in charity. It's good to be with you again. Lots to talk about today. Let me just talk about the tomorrow night. We're having a Catholic Men's Fellowship night, kind of a Catholic underground night. It's going to be from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. at the Bertuccio Farms. Uh, join us for food, fun, and fellowship. Bring your rosary. We're about 200 men out there in the desert in front of a bonfire going to pray the rosary. It's open to all Catholic men, 16 years and up. I'm going to be giving this talk on how the devil influences politics, education, morality, and social action. We'll have a discussion to follow. And especially, it's going to be an interesting discussion in light of the fact that it looks like we've got a new bishop, Dolan from yes. San Diego, who's replaced Bishop Olmsted. So there's going to be a lot of conversation around that tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So we invite you, if you want information on that, go to my website. It's on the front page, yeah, and, and the flyer is there. The flyers are on the front page, correct? Yes, go to our um, uh, jesseromero.com homepage, and then just scroll down. You'll see a flyer. It's on narrative form. And you can see, it uh, gives you all the particulars and where it's going to be. So just come on down. Just come on down. Yes, and anybody out here from the Phoenix Valley, we we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, I think your mic's not working. I'm sorry. Sorry about this. But anyways, we are going to start here with uh, an article called, um, here's a part on the efficacy of blessed salt. How many of you have uh, blessed salt out, out there in your kitchen? We do. And we have it in the house if we need it. For, but we use it for consumption, which is okay, and we use it always to um, for for blessings on ourselves, right? So um, it's called uh, again the the article is the efficacy of blessed salt. So let's talk about that. Let me check my Richard. Yeah. Is my mic on? Can you hear me, Richard? Can you hear me on my microphone? Okay, okay Richard got me now. Great. Okay. okay. Yes. So we're going on to this article. About blessed salt. About very blessed important salt. sacramental. Yes, absolutely. We should all have blessed salt. And there's there's a special blessing for yeah. blessed salt. Not just not in the Father, Son, and Holy yeah. Spirit. This is Don't old school Catholicism, by the way. This yes. is old school. Right. So holy water, rosary, scapulars, crucifix, but salt. Yes, surprisingly to many, a powerful yet forgotten sacramental exists, which is none other than blessed salt. Uh, a couple of months ago, uh, this the writer said, I visited a parish that actually had containers of salt near the front door that were blessed. They asked for a very minimal donation of only 40 cents per 26 ounces of iodized salt container like you would find at the grocery store. They noted on the top of the salt containers that they were all blessed by the priest with the special blessing reserved for salt. So he happily picked up one, made a donation and parceled it out to several people in small containers. So blessed salt, as you all know, is a sacramental that needs to make a comeback in the church, right? In fact, I see ver we see very few traditional Catholic parishes that, that even make it available. So we we as faithful need to go out there and make that available. Yeah, we need, need, take it to your pastor. And, and a lot of them don't know about this. They take don't know, the prayer. They don't know how powerful blessed salt is. It's a powerful sacramental. I know, I know most... Most mm -hmm. priests have not been trained like this. Mm -hmm. And so in the ritual Romanum, 
there's a blessing of holy water. That's the old ritual. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it's required that the salt be exercised. And you're probably wondering, okay, well, how was the salt exercised and why? Well, here's what the ritual Romano says. The words tell you exactly what happens to the holy water. Yeah, just listen to these words. Yeah, these, just, this is pre-Vatican wow. pre II prayer from the ritual Romanum. It says, God's creed, a priest prays this over the salt. Puts his right hand over it and he says, mm -hmm. God's creature salt, I cast out the demon from you by the living God, by the true God, by the holy God, by the God who ordered you to, you to be thrown into the water uh, spring by Elijah to heal it of its barrenness. May you, be, may you be a purified salt, a means of health for those who believe, a medicine for body and soul for all who make use of you. May all evil fancies of the foul fiend, his malice and cunning be driven far, dr driven far from the place where you are sprinkled. And let every unclean spirit be repulsed by him who is coming to judge both the living and the dead and the world by fire. Amen. And then uh, the priest says, let us pray, almighty everlasting God, we humbly appeal to your mercy and goodness to graciously bless this creature, salt, which you have given for mankind's use. May all who use it find, it, find in it a remedy for the body and mind. And, and may everything that it touches or sprinkles be freed from uncleanness mm -hmm. and any influence of the evil spirit through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Notice mm. how precise the yeah, language very precise. is. I, I love the fact that at the beginning it says, God creature salt. See, even uh, things like that, items like that are called uh, creatures. Because they're created by <laughs> they're God. They're created God, by God. God the creator of so it. So that was, that, I like that. Yes. Now, why was it done? The practice of putting salt into the water comes yeah. from the miraculous cure of the poisonous well that's found in 2 Kings wow. chapter 2, verses yes. 19 to 21, where the prophet Elijah used salt to purify the water of the well. Wow. So later on, in the blessing of holy water, the priest will pour the salt into the water and pray. This is a prayer prayer, and I'm going to let my husband pray it. Since okay, he's... again, another, another pre-1965 yes. prayer. God's source of the priest will put his right hand over the salt. God, source of irresistible might. And look at, listen to the language of this prayer, the precision. Mm -hmm. And king of an invincible realm, the ever glorious conqueror, who restrained the force of the adversary, silencing the uproar of his rage and valiantly subduing his wickedness. And on humility, we beg you, Lord, to regard with favor this creature thing of salt and water, to let the light of your, kind, of your kindness shine upon it, and to hollow it with the dew of your mercy, so that whatever so that whatever, wherever it is sprinkled and in your holy name it is invoked, every assault of the unclean spirit may be baffled and all dread of the spirit's venom be cast out. To us who entreat your mercy, grant that the Holy Spirit may be with us wherever we may be through Christ our Lord. Amen. So, the blessing of salt is more than a blessing. It's also a minor exorcism. Mm -hmm. It's not a major exorcism. It's a minor right. exorcism. Every time my wife and I go to a hotel room, I always bless the room with blessed salt. Yeah, and he does it, not yeah. me. One now, time, yeah. if she's by herself, now, then she can do it. I've done it. Yeah, when I've been but by myself. But if I'm there, I, I have yes, to do it. Yes, my husband has to do it. I yield to him. Just like I yield to him now with this prayer. I felt that this is... Well, pre yeah, because the priest prays it. Prays it, it right. Yeah. So the USCCB's website provides information on the, the distinction. He says, while both forms of exorcism are directed against the power of the devil... Major and minor. Yeah, major and minor. The right of major exorcism is employed only when there is a case of genuine demonic possession, namely when it is determined that the presence of the devil is in the body of the possessed and the devil is able to exercise dominion over that body. 
Minor exorcism are prayers used to break the influence of evil and sin in its pers- per- in, in a person's life, whether as a catechumen preparing for baptism or as one of the baptized faithful striving to overcome the influence of, of evil and sin in his or her life. Unlike sacraments, the number of sacramentals can be increased or decreased by the church. And unlike the sacraments, which give actual grace, the sacramentals do not give grace in and of themselves. As the Baltimore Catechism explains, the sacramentals of themselves do not remit venial sins, but they move us to truer devotion to greater love for God and greater sorrow for our sins. And this devotion, love, and sorrow bring us grace, and the grace remits the venial sins. So that's the, that's the theology. of That's, called, that's yeah. called the economy of grace, how it works. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, the Baltimore yeah. Catechism says the difference between sacraments and sacramentals is, number one, the sacraments were instituted by Jesus Christ and the sacramentals were instituted by the church. Two, the sacraments give grace of themselves when we place no obstacle in the way, which is mortal sin. Number three, the sacramentals excite in us pious dispositions by means of which we may obtain grace. Yeah. The laity are certainly permitted to exercise salt at any to use, yeah. uh, to use exercise salt at any other sacramental that the church has for their disposition. To those who have blessed salt, it is recommended to keep it in a separate container marked as blessed salt, so as not to mix it up with the other salt in the home. And when it is used, it is not a magic weapon. It should be used with a re- with reverence and while saying a short prayer to ask for grace from Almighty God. The laity can sprinkle the blessed salt in small amounts on their property throughout their neighborhood. What is that? Yeah, their neighborhood, neighborhood at, at the threshold of their door, praying against the threat of burglary, or use it in their cooking too, all while doing so in a prayful, pray, prayerful manner. I like that. When you're using the blessed salt, you pour it in your food. Use it in a prayful ma- manner. Yeah. Uh, you, you ask for healing of your family. Exactly. Mm-hmm. At this point, when you're and, using and, the and, blessed and salt, really, or when you're putting it on your food. And like we all, we already have your our pers- Morton salt blessed here at the house. Mm-hmm. So all our salt containers are have blessed salt. Yes. And and how do we? Well, when you do the when you do the pray, the grace before meals, mm-hmm. that's the prayer that we use. So now we can use the blessed salt because we always do grace before meals. meals. So we're asking God to bless the food. Now you can use the blessed salt. Yes. So you should you should pray before you use it. And well, how do you pray? The the the, uh, the, the, the grace the, before meals. Yeah, the grace before meal pray, now, prayer. I like the what the author said here, Matthew Plez. He says uh, you can sprinkle small amounts in your property. I've done that several times. I walk yes. around this property. I do it on my property. Now throughout your neighborhood, the only thing that I would say is based on the based on the issues of of, of juridical authority. If you have like a an HOA, like I belong to an HOA with like 50 some houses. And so I have I have a dog in the fight here. So if I, me and Anita walked around our HOA, we could put blessed salt around because we are part of one of 52 people that have juridical authority over this property. Okay. But it wouldn't be as effective as me praying blessed salt on my house because I have total authority over my property. So playing it around the neighborhood Again, it loses its efficacy because I'm sharing the neighborhood with 51 other people that may not embrace the Catholic faith. Wow, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We're going to talk about the fact, are we in spiritual battle right now? We sure are. We are in spiritual battle. That's what we call in our lady. Lady Guadalupe. Ora Ponobis. Virgin Most Powerful. Pray for us. Pray for us.
bright little dawn, Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. you hold us in your arms. We are back, Jesus 911. It's great to be back with you all. Thank you for staying. Uh, stay tuning in with us. And we got a gr- some great articles. And also, we just forgot to mention, this is a month of what? The Sacred Heart. And we need to just give our heart to Christ, especially right now in these times of torment that's, that are occurring in our church and occurring in, in the world. So yeah. this is a time we just need to keep continue going up a different level in our spirituality and our spiritual walk with the Lord. And just remember, it's only going to start with you. And remember also this, Change. Our, our faith is in Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, no, nobody else. Our nope. faith is not in a priest, bishop, pope, cardinal, right. archbishop. It never has been. Re- let's just remember this. Our faith is in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, God the Son, nobody else. Everybody else is a sinner. We pray for each other. There is a structure in the church. There is a st- authority in the church. We must submit to authority when it's lawfully being exercised. When, you know, again, if I was a bad dad... And if I gave my kids, when they were living with me, if I gave them an unlawful order, my kids would have a positive duty to resist me. So even as yes. Catholics, uh, when we hear things that go against the teachings of the Catholic Church and they're unlawful, we have no obligation to obey. In fact, we must resist. As St. Paul resists and St. Yep. Peter to his face. We have to resist. Back in Galatians chapter 2. By the way, Catholic Men's Fellowship Night tomorrow, Saturday, yes. 7 p.m. to man. 11 p.m. at Vertucho yes. Farms. If you want all the information, go to my website. The flyer's there jesseromero.com the flyers there we're going to have food fun fellowship bring your rosary we're going to pray in the desert and around a bonfire we're going to talk about i'm going to give a talk on how the devil influences us through politics education morality and social action there will be an intelligent discussion to follow especially based on the new appointment of the of the new bishop of uh, bishop thomas so we will have an intelligent conversation and uh try to encourage each other and equip each other with good information. So, yep. we are in a spiritual battle. As, absolutely, uh, we all are in a spiritual ba- battle, and we are. Uh, we're gonna. Uh, we're gonna. We have an article called uh, "Are Are in a Spiritual Battle" well, we by are, we, we are. are. We are in a spiritual battle by Father Jonathan Meyer. So great article. Yes, yeah, great article. He just wrote it, and it's something very new. So what, what's wrong with our world? I know we're always asking that. What's wrong? What's wrong with these people? And when we say, when we talk about particular persons, we're talking about the world because that's the reflection many of these people yeah. give, the world. What's, what's wrong? Sin. It, that's yeah, wrong. sin. Absolutely. Yeah. If you were to make a list right now of what is wrong with our world, what would you put on your list, on that list? What would be on the top of that list? There are many things that we might at first list off. Number one, abortion, the breakup of the nuclear family, child abuse, drug abuse, pornography, alcohol, alcohol abuse, suicide, racism. I don't think racism, I don't think Father John <laughs> Not, should have added yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I so just, either. I, I think that's ginned <laughs> up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because there's no, I, I don't believe the Yeah, we've had the first black president. Many of our athletes are are, 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 are black. Most. Uh, most, yeah, most are black. I mean, where's the racism there? Supreme okay. Court Justice, Vice yeah, President. Right, yeah. right. And yet, I would actually say that those are not the problems in our world. Those are solely the symptoms. It's very easy for us to get confused by the symptom and the disease. It's very easy for us to notice the overt and obvious and do not actually take the time to look at the actual root cause. What is the root cause of abortion? 
child abuse, divorce, the breakup of the family, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, pornography, and the like. It is the one thing, the spiritual attack of the human soul. There you go. There is the answer. Every Catholic should be trying to end abortion. But I will tell you, we will never end abortion until we take the time to understand the life of that young girl, whether her soul is attacked and she no longer sees herself as a daughter of God with a child of God within her womb. We will never win the battle of abortion until we first win that battle, the attack of the human soul behind every overt and grievous offense against God is first and foremost the attack on the human soul. We are in a spiritual battle, and yet we as Christians constantly are battling in the flesh and battling in politics and battling in the world. And if we don't realize where the battle actually is, we will never, ever win. We've got to share. Our- yep, got to share here. Share Something's share. happening with my mic. <laughs> got a demon there that doesn't want to yeah, be broadcast. Yeah. Well, we should say the St. Michael's Prayer, sweetie. It's, uh, do that right now. In the name of the Father, Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit amen. amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. St. Joseph of Demons, pray for us and protect us. Amen. Amen. It is first and foremost a spiritual battle. So let's look at the spiritual realm in a very clear and and articulate way that we Catholics really just don't talk enough about. In the book of Daniel, from the Old Testament, we read this. At that time, there shall arise Michael, the great prince, the guardian of your people. That's from chapter 12, verse 1. So notice what's going to happen here. In the entire Bible, there are only three three angels that are given names, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. All three of them are archangels. In the realm of theology, we we have what is known as angelology, what is the study of angels. It's a fascinating topic. St. Thomas Aquinas is known as a doctor angelicus because of his writings on the angels. I'd like to share a little bit of that. When God created the world, when he created the heaven and the earth, he created the angels. So God himself is uncreated. He has no beginning and no end. But when God created the universe, as we profess in the Nicene Creed, we say that God created the heavens and the earth. He created all that is visible and invisible. God created all the angels before he created humanity. In fact, we believe that all the angels were created when he created the heavens, when he created all that was invisible. Then he created mankind. We know that the angels are created first because mankind is created last on the sixth day, his crown glory. The angels, prior to the creation of mankind, were given a glimpse into the future and they saw that God, the uncreated, was going to actually become human being in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. One-third of the angels rebelled against God. Why? Because God was going to become a human and not an angel. It was envy that God was going, was going to, to not become an angel, but become a human and actually drop to the lower class. There is a huge distinction between the realm of the angels and the realm of human beings. Angels do not ha- have bodies. They are completely different. They are a completely different realm than we are. Than we are. They are 100% spirit. They're never, they've never had bodies, and they never will have bodies. That being the case, we also will never become an angel. I know that's hard for some of you to comprehend because we often say things like, you hear many people say this, uh, my deceased relative is now an angel in heaven. 
It's actually theologically incorrect. And, you know, I want to say something um, th- where they said the angels don't have bodies. Mortimer Adler, he says they're, uh, uh, they Great are philosophy. yeah minds without bodies. Just picture that. I know we've mentioned that before, but Mortimer Adler does say that. He says they're minds without bodies. Greatest philosopher of the 20th century yes. who uh, converted to the Catholic faith before yeah. he died. The demons prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Within the realm of angels, there are nine choirs. The highest-ranking angels are the seraphim and the cherubim, nine and eight. We then have the principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, and the, and the last two choirs of angels are the archangels and the angels. Forgot the virtues. Oh, I forgot. The, yeah, they, 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 they forgot the virtues, virtues in the article. Yeah. Yep, virtues. Satan was believed to have been in the highest realm of the angels among those demons that now, that, that now prowl about the world seeking after your soul and mind. After all, different rank. After all, different ranking of angels and everything that the angels can do in the good, the demons can do in the opposite. Yep, they sure can. He continues, I was speaking to someone and they said, Father, I was literally just talking to someone about angels the other day and they said, angels aren't real. They're a fairy tale. The person said, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in angels. I want to make it very, very clear. It is impossible to believe in God and not believe in angels. The writer says, it's not an option like a, like a multiple choice. Do I like lima beans or do I like broccoli? Which, which do I prefer and can I choose to have? If you choose to believe in God, listen, everyone, you have to choose to believe in angels. And if you choose to believe it to be Christian, you clearly have to believe in angels. Angels are an integral to the life of Christians, so integral that the four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, could not comprehend telling the life of Jesus without talking about angels all the time. Yeah, so if you- I, wa- I want to quickly run through the life of Jesus and the role of the angels because it's, all, it's almost mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Jesus does nothing without the role of the angels taking place in his own life. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to tell you the same it's true for you and the same is true for me, even though we don't see them. At the Annunciation, before Jesus is even conceived, who announces to the Blessed Virgin Mary that she's going to be the mother of God? An angel. <laughs> Joseph, who's betrothed to Mary, is going to divorce her because his wife is pregnant and he doesn't know what to do. What does Joseph do? He goes to sleep and in a dream, who appears to Joseph? An, An angel. angel. <laughs> and the angel says to Joseph one of my favorite lines of sacred scripture, Joseph! Do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, Matthew one twenty. <laughs> a great question for all of us is, is Mary in your home? Yeah. Hmm, Mr. Mary. Protestants. <laughs> and I'm not talking about a statue. Is the Blessed Virgin Mary in your home when you pray the rosary? When you do Marian devotions like the Angelus and consecrate your life in the morning to Mary through prayer? Uh, have uh, your home, your, your children to the Blessed Virgin Mary, have you done that? Then what happens? Jesus ultimately is born and a bunch of shepherds are on the field. And what happens to the shepherds? What happened? Angels appear. Mm. On cards, angels are often holding a ribbon-like banner that says, what on it? It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to people of goodwill. So every time we sing the Gloria at Mass, we're quoting the angels coming to the Mm. shepherd. And you can find that in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. For those of you who know Latin, the angel says, Gloria and excelsis Deo et in terra pax hominibus bonae voluntatas. 
what is that? It's the angels announcing the birth of Jesus to the whole world, right? Mm -hmm. Then Jesus is born. Joseph goes back to sleep and he's told, one in a dream? Take the child to Egypt. Why? Because someone wants to kill your baby. So take the child and his mother and go to Egypt. Who warns to kill the baby Jesus? Herod. Isn't it funny how governmental leaders want to kill children? Hey, that's happening right now. Interesting. There, we have a, many Herods in our, our government, starting from our president. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. Yeah. And the Speaker of the House, who are Catholic. I'm ca calling them them because they are Catholic. <laughs> fake Catholics. They're fake Catholics. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm going on a, go on, a tangent. Go so go. isn't it funny how government leaders want to kill children? We just said that. It was a case then. It's the case now. Absolutely. It is. Hasn't stopped. Ah, well, I hear, here comes the cause of our, our joy, joy, Our Lady Virgin of... Most powerful. Pray for us, Ora Pranobis. We'll be right back. We're going to continue talking about great article by Father Jonathan Myers. Uh, we are in spiritual warfare right now. Absolutely right now. Great eye-opening article. We'll continue. are back Jesus, Jesus yeah with Prisca and Aquila <laughs> or great, Aquila and Prisca great, and then great article on angelology by Father Jonathan Myers and it looks like I'm looking at my microphone I think it works thank yeah, you Jesus it sounds great yeah uh, okay I will use my mic my wife's mic here okay sorry about that audience then Jesus, at the age of 30, makes his public appearance. He's baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist. And then what happens? He goes on to the desert where he's tempted for 40 days. And who then appears to Jesus 40 days in the desert? Satan. Who is what? He's an angel. See Luke chapter 4, verse 2. And then after Jesus, of course, defeats Satan 40 days in the desert, who then appears to Jesus to minister to Jesus in his temptation? Angels. Angels. Mm -hmm. Then we end up in Jesus' agony in the garden. He's sweating drops of blood, thinking of your sins and mine. He's overwhelmed by the suffering to come. And who comes and ministers to Jesus in the garden? Angel. An angel. <laughs> That's Luke twenty-two forty-three. Yep. So let me ask you about agony and temptation. When you're tempted to eat too much food, to drink too much alcohol, to not get out of bed, to press a snooze one more time, to swear to curse, to be angry, or not to come to church... Do you pray to your angel? Because your angel is right there in every single temptation, when you're overwhelmed with anguish and frustration, when you're tired, when you feel you're at your wit's end, do you realize that your angel is right there in your agony? Yeah, I know I, this is a great article because this is just reminding us how the powerful uh, the angels are and we need to call upon them, you know, employ them, people. So when we continue with the, the article, uh, Father says, when Jesus rises from the grave and the tomb is found empty, who greets the woman who greets the apostles? See Luke tw uh, 24, 4. At the resurrection, angels, and at the last time we see Jesus on earth is at his, at, is at his ascension. And who appears next to Jesus as he ascended into heaven? Angels. 
So let me ask you a question. If you wrote your autobiography, how many chapters would be dedicated to angels? How often would you, as the author, talk about the role of the angels? Because every time you talk about everything that happens in your life, you talk about your guardian angel. We have to open our eyes to the spiritual world that is before us. Did you know that you really have a guardian angel? It is not just some sort of fairy tale and some little cute prayer that we teach teach the to children. I have to be totally ashamed that I had no idea I really actually had a guardian angel until I was in seminary. Wow. So all those years he wasn't able to call on his guardian angel. And I really didn't foster a relationship with him until I was a priest. But every conceived child, which means that every aborted child, every miscarried child, has a guardian angel. Mm. Wow. Yes. You have a guardian angel to protect you, to lead you, and to guide you. That's, that's in the prayer. Angel yes. of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here. Be ever this day at my sight, to light, to guard, to rule, and to guide. Amen. You're never alone. And that and that prayer should be prayed every morning, by the every way. Every morning you get yeah, up. When you get up. And I I, I, I pray it when I'm in the car. I yeah, just you can't they can't hear you. And also you should pray that <laughs> prayer in the evening yes. when before you go to bed, just in the evening, just change it to be ever the be ever this night at my side to light to guard to rule and to guide. Remember you're never alone and the angel enters into the battle for your soul. Did you know that not only can you pray to your guardian angel and talk to your guardian angel do you know that you can send your guardian angel to someone else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can ask my guardian angel to go to go to someone yeah. that I know is in need and to pray with their guardian angel for that person. Do you know that you can pray to Joe Biden's guardian angel, Nancy Pelosi's guardian angel? We'll do it right now. In the name of the Father, Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, my guardian angel... Can you speak to Joe Biden's and Nancy Pelosi's guardian angel? And can you ask their guardian angel to give them the grace of conversion and obedience? Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. That was simple. See that? That's the way you ask your your guardian angel. Mm -hmm. He's assigned to you to speak to somebody else's guardian angel for a certain grace, Mm -hmm. for a certain favor. Yes. So uh, a battle is raging, my brothers and sisters, and we constantly see the wreckage. We see the overt and obvious. We see the casualty of what's happening, and those are called symptoms, but that's not the problem. The problem is a battle that, that most likely was lost months and days and weeks previous when someone's soul clearly left its purpose, its mission, and its calling. So in the United States of America, if you turn on the news right now, what do we, do we talk about? Inflation, unemployment. Father continues, I will tell you that in the Catholic Church, there are more unemployed guardian angels than in the unemployment rate in the United States of America, and it needs to change. If you do not have a relationship with your guardian angel, foster one. If you have one, employ your angel to be sent everywhere in the world to family members and to foes and to enemies. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse verse 10 to 12, he said is one of his favorite verses. He says, finally, draw your strength from the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the armor of God so that you may stand firm against the tactics of the devil. So listen to the verse 12. For our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but, the, with, but with principalities 
and powers and rulers of this present darkness and the evil spirits in the heavens. Therefore, put, an, put on the armor of God that you may be able to resist on the evil day and, and having done everything to hold your ground. So stand fast with your loins girded, the truth clothed with righteousness. This is a breastplate and your feet shot in readiness and for the gospel of peace. Wow. That, My bro- that is an encouraging, that is an encouraging uh, scripture verse. One of the most encouraging scripture verses in relation to spiritual warfare. It says it all right yeah, there. Absolutely. I'll, I'll, yeah, absolutely. It, it basically says that our fight is not against mm-hmm. Biden and Pelosi. It's against demons. demons. That's what it says. Mm-hmm. It's not against communists. It's not against Fauci or Klaus Schwab. They're just, they're just used by demons. Mm-hmm. They're just puppets of the demons. Mm-hmm. But our fight is against demons. That's mm-hmm. what that verse is telling us. And the only way you fight a demon is by spiritual weapons, specifically living in a state of sanctifying grace, yes. or you, or your prayers are useless. Mm-hmm. My brothers and sisters, we're not in a battle of flesh and blood that is solely the wreckage and the symptoms that lies underneath of a world that is losing its soul. We're in a spiritual battle, and thanks be to God, the angelic realm is here to battle with us. Mm-hmm. It's a battle of souls. I invite you, I encourage you to pray to your guardian angel every day, we would also encourage you to pray to St. Michael every day, morning and evening and throughout the day. Mm-hmm. I think there's tremendous power, my brothers and sisters, in us praying to St. Michael the Archangel at the end of Mass. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't do it at your parish, at the end of Mass, after the procession, stay there, get on your knees, and pray with your family to St. Michael the Archangel. Make it your family tradition mm-hmm. if it's not something that's used in your diocese. I know there's some diocese or some bishops say, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's another topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, but yeah. nobody can tell you what to pray devotionally inside yeah. the church no. after the liturgy. So you can stay there after Mass with your family. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, if you understand what is happening when you receive our Lord in Holy Communion, there is no greater battle that Satan wants than to steal the grace that is given to you when you receive our Lord in Holy Communion. Mm-hmm. So when you come forward and receive the flesh and blood of Jesus, Satan hates you at that moment more than any other moment in your life. And that is why we call upon the angelic realm in prayer. That's why we call upon St. Michael, who we hear about, our greatest defender, our guardian, to keep us from the wickedness and snares of the devil. Here's something very important. Remember, uh, when, you receive, when you receive Holy Communion, you've been, you've been praying for about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So what the devil's going to do, he's going to try to make you misuse your mouth. And I'm, you know, I'm, I've, I fall into this temptation as well. Uh, Kyle Clement, who's Father Ripperger's right-hand man, he says, The devil loves the demon who both blesses and curses with the same mouth. You have Jesus in your mouth. You have Jesus in your soul. He's, he's, being, uh, he's, he's entering your body. You walk out of Mass, and then all of a sudden you start saying bad things, calumny, detraction about people. Mm-hmm. Guess what? The devil won a victory because he used the mouth that just received the body of Christ. God came into your mouth, and he just used you to start... Uh, using uh, you know detraction, calumny, slander, right with Jesus in your mouth. I say this because I'm talking to myself. Okay, I'm not talking to anybody. I'm talking to Jess Romero here because that's a constant temptation. And so one of the things that we have to do is maybe you're watching too much negative stuff on television. You need to try to disconnect if you're having that problem. And stay in the church and pray for a couple of minutes instead of going outside and engaging in detraction, calumny, and slander. I know you can probably help me with this. I know there's a scripture verse that says, 
Um, it's not what what's uh, defiled that goes in; it's what comes out. Mark chapter seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I think that's you know that's so uh, speaks of what you just said, that that scripture verse, and I and and yeah, we need to be more aware of it when we see our Lord and. And, you know, just is pretty good about when we go to daily mass, we don't turn back on the radio because we have the, the local news on, which is um, our local news here in Phoenix. And uh, he says, turn it off. We, you know, we just receive our Lord. It's not, hasn't been really 15 minutes and 20 minutes. And, you know, just we'll pray all the way, pray all the way home. And that's what we do because, you know, we still got to honor our Lord who's, who we just consumed and united our soul with. So, um so my brothers and sisters, um, um, uh, the Father John Meyer says, uh, may we not be overwhelmed by the symptoms and the wreckage in our life. May we realize that the angels are at our side to protect, to lead, and to guide through God's grace with the angels that we reach our heavenly homeland. That was just a beautiful article. I loved it. You know how he just brought all the scripture verses to su- support angelology, not demonology. People can't say, oh, demon. No, no, it's Angelology. 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 There you go. The article just shows you that the article just shows you that there's angels with us all day. And it just demonstrated it by the angels that were constantly with Jesus, Mary, Joseph. They're not the only ones that have angels assigned to them. All of us do. That's just an example of the angels, of, of the protection of the angels that's afforded to each human being, each creature of God. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about uh, the, the the pride parade. Pride parade. Okay. We'll be right back. You're going to hear some hard truths this last segment. I know there's uh, June for the secular humanist, uh, godless, uh, uh, godless uh, people in this country. It is Pride Month. Uh, there, yes. We as Catholics, we don't recognize Pride Month. They actually call it, call it gay pride. I'm going to prove to you that gay pride is demonic. Okay. Number one, pride is one of the seven deadly sins. It was introduced by Lucifer himself, according to St. Thomas Aquinas, and all the church fathers when he rebelled against God. And if you want to see where the sin of pride is mentioned as one of the seven deadly sins, it's in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. Secondly, the rainbow, think about this. It was a holy sign given to us by God back in the book of Genesis in the days of Noah. Today, the homosexuals now use this holy sign of the rainbow to announce their perversion. They have co-opted the rainbow. Third point. St. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, he warns us that in the latter times, like we're living in now, the latter times, he said that demons would teach false doctrines to people and people would accept them. He says in 1 Timothy 4, 1, now the Spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith by giving heed to deceitful spirits 
and doctrines of demons, close quote. I would say without a doubt, homosexuality is a doctrine of demons. Finally, the fourth point I want to make is, if you put the word Pride Month together, put them together, Pride Month, the whole thing together, the in the very middle of putting those words together, you have the word demon. Coincidence? I don't think so. I think that I think the devil is just uh, again, just uh, uh what's what's the the, the word uh, gaslighting us, saying I'm going to show you that this is from me. Put the words together. I'm the author of this. Here's one more thing I'll say, then I'll turn it over to my wife. Uh, there's an article, a journal article that says gay men with AIDS interviewed in the early 1980s reportedly had an average of 1,100 partners in their lifetimes and some had many more. I don't know about you, but God called us to monogamy and, yeah. uh, and none of us are perfect. That's why we have the sacrament of confession. Yeah. But are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. 1,100 partners. By the way, the last thing I'll say is this. The whole, uh, this new virus that they want, that the globalists want to unleash upon us is called um, monkeypox. Monkey Apparently, <laughs> from everything that I've read, it's found in the homosexual community. Mm. I want my wife to tell us how we got here from, from cynicism to the ideology of homosexuality. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for for. Um, pointing out those four points, especially the rainbow. We need to take that back. How can we take that back as as a community just to, to, to reveal why that rainbow existed from the very beginning from God? And we need to take that back somehow, some way. Yeah. We have to think about that. Maybe yeah. that's one of the topics on Saturday you guys talk about. Mm. But anyways, from cynicism to ideology, no matter how low man falls, he can never discard his rational nature. Consequently, the cynic who glories in his sin feels the need of finding a rational justification for his behavior. This psychological imperative facilitates the eruption or the acceptance of ideologies that justify his conduct. Acceptance of, of the justifying ideology is frequently followed by fanatical adherence. Mm. Once fanaticized, the cynic sins not only because he seeks illusory pleasure, but also and sometimes predominantly for ideological ideological reasons. Sin is made to serve ideology, for unbridled human pride is more despotic despotic than the disorders of the flesh. Not only does the cynic strive to recruit more ideological uh, foot soldiers, but he uses a sin as a battering ram to attack and demolish the moral structures of society. That's what's happening right now. Yeah. That yep. last sentence. Moral structures of society. That's, yeah. yep. They're using the homosexual thing as a battering ram to demolish the moral structures of society. That's, mm-hmm. that's continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the work of moral destruction caused by the homosexual movement. Through many means, including its coast-to-coast homosexual pride parades, um, I think they're called sodomite parades. Yeah. The movement exerts a continual pressure on judges and law huh, judges and lawmakers, both to grant its numerous demands and to paralyze, punish, and persecute its opponents. What's happening now? It's called the cancel culture. Yep, 
Absolutely. You speak out against them, you're CEO, you're gone. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, continue. Although in the past, especially during the Renaissance, traces of this homosexual ideology could be found in cabals of artists and writers, this is the first time in, in the history of, Christ, of Christian West that it has shaped a worldwide movement. To understand the nature and strategy of this movement is of supreme importance for everyone wanting to defend the natural moral law and the Ten Commandments. Wow. The only this people that so seem to be, well, point. the Catholic Church are doctrinally stands against this, but we have a many people that have infiltrated the church that are homosexuals. And now we believe that. And uh, Father Josiah Trenham, he's uh, from the Inland Empire. I think he's a, I think he's a, he's an Eastern Catholic priest, an Eastern, uh, Eastern Catholic, not Eastern, an Eastern Catholic priest. He said this in, in a lecture. He said gay pride parades were started in 1970 in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. the at the first gay pride parade, he said the participants dragged a 20-foot paper mache of a male reproductive organ. And in every one of these gay pride parades, you have men dressed in nothing but G-strings from the waist down. And from the waist up, they're dressed as Catholic nuns. They're in every gay pride parade in California. They're called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. This group of liberal mocks are religious nuns. They trample on what we consider consecrated and holy. And we're supposed to take the LGBT community serious when they say they are tolerant, which clearly they're not. The LGBT community is using the power of the White House, the Democrats, mm -hmm. professional sports teams, the medical establishment, mm -hmm. the left-leaning media, social media, the educational establishment, companies and corporations to drive their message that the LGBT is the new normal. And if you don't accept it, you're a homophobe, you're a bigot, you're a hater, and we will cancel you. Mm. Behind the transgression of homosexuality are a number of root causes, including the diabolical, including demons. Mm -hmm. Many times those who are confused about their gender, whether transgender or homosexual, they suffer from a spiritual oppression or a spiritual deception, which also comes from the evil one. Yeah. It is not to say every homosexual inclination has an ideology. 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 The origin of pathology pathologies or diseases in the demonic we have no idea only god does there certainly seem to be youngsters who are simply born with the emotional traits of the opposite sex sex despite their physiological gender many are missing a father or mother figure coming from broken homes none of these people children of god whatever the root should be held with disdain we are all born with shortcomings and challenges with inclinations that can lead us to sin some are born with propensity for fornication, others for alcohol abuse, others for violence, anger, uh, or criminality. It is a test of free will. Homosexuals often come from broken homes. Thus, we never judge, nor should we accept what is abnormal as normal. We judge behavior. But homosexuality goes back to the beginning in recorded time or somewhere thereabouts and we see it addressed in books of the bible like leviticus and also romans uh, chapter 1 verse 18 to 32 which says 
But God shows his anger from the heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations, relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty, penalty they deserved. Also, take the time to read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and 11. Mm -hmm. It says, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, or who worship idols, or commit adultery, or, male, or are male mm -hmm. prostitutes, or practice homosexuality, or are thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or are abusive, or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of heaven, of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the Spirit of our God. Mm -hmm. There is no denying what is there in Scripture. In these two passages we read, Romans 1.18 and 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. To, and to make belief in the Bible, or the left is trying to make the, you believe that the Bible's a hate crime and that it would cause something like a civil war. Let's just face the facts. A person may be born with the inclination. There may be, I don't know, biological reasons in some cases. Homosexuals, aside from giving way to this proclivity, are often good, kind folks. Overall, however, there's a spiritual underpinning, mm -hmm. and we we won't be able to get through it. It's a, the, the time basically ran out, but uh, I will say this, that uh, we don't wow. judge the person's soul. We don't know where they're going to end up. We judge their behavior. behavior. You're called to judge their behavior. That's called a spiritual work of mercy. We do that all the time on yeah. a daily basis. We're judging behavior. We have to judge if, if we uh, run a red light and we are uh, uh, followed and, and chased or, or actually pulled over by law enforcement is because he's judging behavior. And and, and that is for our for for our goodwill. Well, that's a wrap. Though there's a lot more we could have said about this. We got some quotes from the early church fathers that are very powerful yeah. on, on countries that accept homosexuality. But that's a wrap. Jesus 911. Jess Romero, Anita Romero. Remember, this is the month of the sacred heart of Jesus. Give your heart to Christ. Love him and bring him to your home. And uh, just come what may. We got, we're, we're, we got Jesus on our side. And, uh, got nothing to, fear. nothing to fear. Hey, we'll see you Phoenix men tomorrow at the Vertucho Farms from, from 7 to 11 p.m. Let's go hang out and uh, pray together and, and chew the fat and uh, and uh, plan some strategies. Talk about how we're going to evangelize this diocese. We'll be back uh, next Friday, same Christ time, same Christ channel. God bless you. Keep the faith. We love you. See you next time. Have a blessed weekend.